and his gang shook up when Drake cook up. Every dog look up, cry Prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. Welcome back to another episode of Superhuman Radio. Today is Thursday, which means we have Military Fitness Radio. We're going to be talking about a very, very serious subject, something that you're not going to hear on other types of shows. Uh, and I predict that we're going to be bringing some really amazing content forth on Military Fitness Radio in the upcoming weeks uh, to uh, really start talking about content and, and stuff that is meaningful to people. And not that we haven't, but I, I can see where these guys are going uh, Nate Morrison and Nathan Craig will be on just a second. I have to, of course, thank All American Pharmaceutical and EFX Sports for a generous title sponsorship contribution to the show that makes this show turn. Go to superhumanradio.net and click one of the banner ads right now. They're giving away six free samples of their six most popular products. Why buy until you test them? And you get a really nice shaker bottle and you pay like $5 and change for shipping, which is the legitimate real shipping cost. It's not a self-liquidator. Check them out at superhumanradio.net. And then uh, let's see what we got here. My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our okay. yard. Hey, Nate, how you doing? Doing well, Carl. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful. And Nathan Craig, are you there? I am. Wonderful. Okay, good, good. All right, so today's show, The Dark Side of Gunfighting. And I don't think that we can actually do this discussion the kind of service that it needs to be done because the majority of people listening to this show have never been in a gunfight, a real gunfight. And and that, from a psychological standpoint is a threshold that once you cross it, you are changed forever as a human being. It changes your life in one way or another. Is that a, would that be a fair statement to make? I think so. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's definitely it's a different experience, and it's not necessarily bad or good. Uh, it just depends on your own situation, but it, it's definitely a game changer. Okay, so why don't you do a little background on the topic? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll start, and I'll have Nathan uh, clean up after me here. Um, you know what, Nate, your audio, uh, I don't know how close you are to that. I guess you guys are using a speakerphone today? Yeah, we are. Yeah, I don't Are you Are you fairly close to that mouthpiece right now? Uh, about six inches, both of us. <laughs> okay. Okay, it, it'll, it'll be fine. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, well, you know, the, the, the thing is, we are besieged. In, in today's media and pop culture with this whole dysfunctional veteran thing and, and, and there's all of this, uh, this baloney, this, this crap out there about, oh, you know, this person's got PTSD and that person's got PTSD, and, um, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. And that's not true. It's not even remotely true. Um, it, it's, it's something that was born out of, quite frankly, laziness uh, on the part of a lot of psychologists 
who just said, well, we're just going to lump in everything into PTSD, kick you out of the military, this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, uh, Nathan and I were working on this with uh, Dr. Grove Higgins, who was on the show a few weeks ago, uh, back when we worked for a, uh, an organization called LifeQuest um, Life Quest Transitions. And we worked with wounded, injured, ill, and recovering soldiers. Um, and, and, of course, one of the first things that we discovered was that none of these people had been in combat. And so, you know, you, you sit there and go, well, what the heck is going on with these people? And, and we'll talk about what, what that was uh, here in a few minutes. But, um, but then we had to sit here over the last several years and kind of figure out what was going on with ourselves and, and with our peers um, and what the heck was going on with what the media was talking about. Um, and there's just all of this baloney that's out there. And once you start doing the actual research on the subject, it turns out there's this whole other world that nobody, to include the DOD, to include all the three-letter agencies, etc., nobody is talking about this. Absolutely So let nobody. me get, so I want to make sure I'm clear on something, because I'm sure that yeah. some people in the audience are thinking the same thing I'm about to say. So you're telling me, First of all, that there are people uh, being treated for PTSD that did not see combat. Most of them. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Just stay with me. Just stay, just stay with me. Just stay with me. Hold on, hold on. And are these gentlemen complaining of symptoms, uh, you know, uh, having difficulties in their relationships or things that are that are grander than the average population? Um, well, now, funny you say the word average population. <laughs> um, no, they're not grander than the average population. So what, so, what is, so, what is, so what is the advantage to the military or the systems that feed off of the military to be over... Over diagnosing this condition in in the, in the military population, other than they don't know how necessarily to treat some of the stuff that we're we're about to talk about. Okay, um, okay, that's probably the big the big reason is that they just really it's it's something that they really aren't exposed to, and I don't know if they have uh, quite the correct education on the background of why it's happening, and therefore they don't know how to diagnose it properly. Um, and I'm, there's Legitimate PTSD cases. So, from my background, yeah. I came from the fire service. So, for me, when I started working with this nonprofit, to me, it didn't make sense that the VA was saying, you know, up to forty percent of veterans are having PTSD. Like that just didn't make sense because we heard about PTSD in the fire service, and it's generally two to three percent of the population is the average across the international boundaries. So, why is there this huge big number? It didn't make sense to me. So that's when I started to look into it, and and that's kind of where. We started to go with this stuff uh, today. Okay, so let's talk about what really happens in in human combat. Uh, let's start there, since we we know there's a lot of people out there who are being lumped into the PTSD category because of a failed system that doesn't have the ability to articulate different levels of these types of psychological problems. Let's talk about the guys and gals who really do have legitimate PTSD that was the result of being in combat. Talk about them. Well, what, what you get 
you know what uh, what Nathan's come up with is something that he calls the uh, the gunfighter triad, and you know the and, and I'm taking the thirty thousand foot view here, not not so much the the five meter target. Um, and, and basically, what he did was he said there's there's three legs to this thing, or, or you know three sides to the triangle. The first being flow, the second being culture and tribalism, and the third being holistic health and performance. And what, what really happens from the 30,000-foot view, you know, so we're, we're, we're zooming out to, I guess, maybe the, the, the psychologist um, level, so to speak, is that you have massive disruption, um, and maybe you brought some, some big dysfunction into this, but, you know, you, you need to optimize this triad, this gunfighter triad, and uh, pe- most people walk into combat uh, dysfunctionally, from the perspective of the triad, and then proceed to make it worse. Uh, what, what would you add to that, Nate? I stole your thunder there. Well, and there's there's the other side of it, is that you can actually improve a lot of these things during combat because you're going through things that actually stimulate flow. They're improving your cultural relationships with, with other humans. And your holistic health may, may go, go down, but your performance is probably going to go up because you're in flow. So it's, it's kind of like the adventure athlete thing where... The more time they spend on the mountain, the better they get. And it's the same thing with, with guys going overseas. The more missions you do, the better you get because you start getting into full state more often and learning faster and things like that. Interesting. And, and, and the, 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 the deficits that people come into the program with, that, that you pointed out, I mean, they're, they're showing up already dysfunctional. These are just the normal acquisition of behavioral types that we see in our population that bring them into the program already with problems, right? Yeah, when when I was first studying this years ago, um, I, I was uh, traveling to Russia a bit, and, and, you know, it was very interesting. I saw something very different culturally there, and so I had a lot of interest in that. I, I used to search the Internet for, for a lot of this information uh, in, in Russia, and one of the interesting things I found back then, uh, prior to a, a certain book I'll mention in a minute coming out, was um, there was a website that talked about the findings of the KGB when the KGB studied combat stress uh, disorders and, and all these types of things, and their conclusion after a couple of decades of research was that the military in combat really didn't cause PTSD except for in that tiny case, like Nathan said, maybe one to two percent of uh, of legitimate, truly horrific cases, you know, things where, you know, uh, uh, an entire company, 80 to 120 guys gets wiped out and there's one survivor, you know, that guy, he, he probably definitely has PTSD, you know, something like that. But they said for the rest of these cases, um, the, it was what you brought into the military, what you brought into military service or into, like, it was what composed your life prior to you entering that situation. Um, and then years later after that, Sebastian Younger wrote an amazing book called Tribe. And um, in that, he, he referenced Western studies that 100% uh, uh, backed up the Russian studies of all of this. Um, and, and so, you know, we've got a lot of problems in this society you know, especially the way that we parent children. I mean, it's just an absolute disaster. And uh, and so then you, you bring in this totally dysfunctional human being, 
And when you expose them to any kind of stress, they start to fall apart. I was just um, going to say, you know, I'm listening to you, and I'm having one of these duh moments. And I'm thinking, <laughs> why would we think that just because someone puts a uniform on, they've somehow shed all of their behavioral dysfunctions uh, to that point. I mean, you basically have the same uh, behavioral phenotypes, if you will, outside the military as you have inside the military because it's basically the same population just with uniforms on. Well, I want to say one thing, and then I'm going to ask Nathan to jump in here. Uh, I... I... I said something, I mean, almost 20 years ago. I said any any uh, volunteer force will be a direct reflection of the society that it serves. And that's proven itself to be true more and more and, and in worse and worse ways. But, Nathan, on the, on the last, that subject and the other one, what, what would you have to say? So there was, a, there was a study that came out a couple years ago. They were researching female suicide in the military. And they found out that it was higher than the general population of females. But then when they did the research and they looked back all the way to the 1940s, they found that the rate had never changed. The percentage was still the same. So their hypothesis was that the females entering the military were already predisposed towards depression, anxiety, and other issues that could lead to suicide. And it wasn't the military itself that actually was the, the causer. And to that end, what Sebastian Younger mentions is that when it comes to suicide, um, the rate of, of quote-unquote veteran suicide is identical to the rest of society, um, and, and there's a few other things we can hit on later with that, but again, direct reflection of society. Just because you throw on that uniform doesn't mean that there's some kind of magical transformation that happens. You know, it's, it's the same. Yeah, that makes perfect sense, and and you know... I guess I'm sitting here thinking about, like, so what's the answer? And the answer is actually grooming the population in general. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, I think that um, being in the military and going to war is probably the single most difficult, most arduous, most stressful uh, event that we could apply the human condition to. Ah. Uh. I mean, and, and, and as a result of that, it makes perfect sense that a population that is completely dysfunctional, uh, a population that becomes insulted by words and, and needs safe places to hide out in, um, just like we see how the obesity epidemic in our population is affecting the slim entry uh, uh, availabilities for, for people who want to join the military, they they go, no, you got to go home and lose 50 pounds before you can even step up here. It's like, why? So what we're basically saying is we are doing these things to our population over here. And then we're trying to squeeze the, 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 the distillate off of the population into the military because these people are going to be putting themselves in harm's way. This is the toughest job that humans have had to do since the beginning of, uh, of, of the population. And why doesn't it make perfect sense that every anomaly that we see in our population today doesn't show up but is amplified in spades because of the level of pressure that someone... I mean, let's, let's forget about the guy who even goes into combat. Um, 
If you're an average person and you step into the military and all of a sudden somebody else controls your life, they control your life. They control whether you pee or not. That in and of itself, most people are like, oh, man, I don't think I can do this. Of course, because you have to be broken down in order to to matriculate. And most people, that stress alone, I happen to know a kid who joined the Air Force. And once he got in there and realized what the realities of it was, this just happened recently, last year. He said he wanted to go home. They said, you can't go home. So he threatened to commit suicide. You never, anyone who's listening to this show, never ever threaten to commit suicide with any other person around you, including your wife, who could be your ex-wife. The minute those words come out of your mouth, you are basically saying to the system, take me, I'm yours. Because now someone will follow your life forever. Someone will over, that, those words will ruin a life. So this kid said that. He said it to his, you know, commanding officer or whatever. He said, you know what? If I can't get out of here, I'm going to just, I'm going to kill myself. Well, of course they got, you know, the, the, they got the psychology people involved and the kid, they, the kid's out now. Now his life's a mess. Now his life's a mess. So even if you don't go into combat, the dramatic change in having control over your life in and of itself is probably what people are calling PTSD. Well, it's. <laughs> You said a lot there, Carl, and there's no way with one answer we can we can wrap all that up. I mean, that's an entire show. Um, I want to. Nathan's got something he wanted to throw in there, and then I, then I'm going to jump back in, and then we'll uh, take we're, a break. We're, we're okay. Do our, our long rambling. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Go, Go ahead, Nathan. Mine is actually a question, Carl. Being a, a an average citizen, and myself and Nate are kind of biased because we're in the military. How often have you heard of guys wanting to go back to combat? I, I can't answer that question. I haven't heard anybody say that. It's almost unanimous. So for me and Nate, it's everybody. Everybody that's been there wants to go back right away, or they want to go do something else. They want to do something something that's more productive than, than what they do back home. Um, and so this is where combat actually increases a lot of humanity, I guess you could say. There's there's the, uh, the flow state, so... Um, we'll kind of go into flow state here real quick, uh, just kind of a brief overview and, and explain why some of these reasons why guys want to go uh, go back. But okay. the second question, a follow-up, is uh, in previous, say, history, you see all these guys who are, you know, all about war and all about combat. I, I'm guessing that you have seen that type of stuff in movies and, sure. and stuff like that. of course. So... You can conclude that the modern generation is really not that much different. Everybody still wants to go back, and that's what me and Nate see. Um, so getting into flow, the good side of flow is that you are focused. It is the peak state of flow. If you took every climatic moment in the movie, every epic song that was ever produced, if you took every sports highlight and put them all together in one moment, that is the peak state of flow. And that is what you feel in some gunfights. And I, I don't know what Nate says, but for me, I know that that first gunfight was the most amazing thing I've ever experienced. There's there's no synthetic drug that can compare to what the human body can create. And that's that's one of the things that drives people back there. Interesting. And I'll let Nate cut in on that full, full part. Yeah, I mean, on, on the full part, I mean, I, it, it, it's funny. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I remember thinking 
is this really happening? And then when it was, we all kind of got our eyes lit up, and it was like we were a pack of freaking wolves and just went at it. Um, Everything is perfect. Yeah. Don't you think? Don't you think that flow state was actually you? Connecting with a part of our DNA that we leave dormant now that we're civilized yep. human beings, <laughs> it, and it's and it's also the actual chemicals that are being produced. Well, but but I mean that's why those chemicals are produced because for millions of yep. years we defended ourselves. You know, it's only lately that men are not being selected for being strong. Right, the new generation of women they want a guy with a man bun and 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 maybe just a slightly smaller cup size bra than she's wearing. But the reality is that for millions of years, women selected men for these capabilities. You know, one of the things that makes us as a humanity uh, uh, very strong is our ability to cooperate. We work together on things. And we, and, and it's got to be in the DNA that, that 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 is like ancient circuitry lighting up when a, you say we felt like a pack of wolves. You were. You were as, you were as innate – and you were as, as as base and as connected to what your human form was created for yeah. as yeah. you could possibly be at that moment in time. So so then what happens, Carl, is you go away from that environment and you never get that experience. And so what you get is you get guys coming back home, speeding cars, doing adventure sports, jumping out of planes when they can, doing crazy stuff that is very... Uh, life risking because they're they're looking for what they're missing that chemical release that, that that that's what they call the dark side of flow is that you're looking again for why can't I find that because it's more powerful than any drug that's out there it's more addictive than any drug out there what your body can produce just nothing can compare to and you're looking for your wolf pack you know so that that's the guys that you're out there doing it with you know is well guys take same risk. You know, holding that band of hunters together. Hey, Nate, did I cut you off? Because I want to take a break and come back and talk about tribalism. Because that, that that's yeah, the next course. logical thing. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we got more. This is gonna be really interesting. Stay tuned. The benefits of a ketogenic diet are immeasurable. Health, resist disease, mental function, and even performance. But getting into ketosis can take weeks, if even at all. Now you can get into ketosis in 10 minutes. Keto Kena is the first ketone powder that has been clinically shown to switch you into a ketogenic state by providing a rush of ketones into the bloodstream. Like to train fasted or want to spare more muscle glycogen during workouts? Take a shot of Keto Kena and hit it hard. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Keto Kena button. Eat dessert again with the new 100% natural line of high-protein, low-carb Quest protein bars. I love lemon cream pie and strawberry cheesecake, but you can choose from chocolate peanut butter, coconut cashew, or cinnamon roll as well. No matter which one you try, you'll feel like you're eating dessert. But this is no ordinary dessert. With 20 grams of high-quality whey protein isolate, 17 grams of prebiotic fiber, and sweetened with stevia, these bars will make you feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to Superhuman radio.com and click the quest protein bar banner ad to learn more about these clean and delicious protein bars new mass pro synthogen x2 just upped its own legendary game to distance itself even further from the rest of the pack synthogen x2 now has double the key active ingredients if you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like synthogen x2 delivers see why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at synthogen.com 
Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. 74% of Americans are living with digestive issues. They take pills and potions to mask the symptoms but never address the root cause. Introducing GI Ultramax Pro, a complex of scientifically substantiated all-star ingredients that reestablish your gut's operating system, allowing you to be better shielded against the bad actors in your food and environment. The gut is complicated and it takes GI Ultramax Pro to deliver real long-lasting results. Go to superhumanradio.net and click the GI Ultramax Pro banner ad or visit MotherEarthLabs.com and use code SHR for free shipping. Ever feel like you want something crunchy? From the company that gave us the Quest Protein Bar, now comes the Quest High Protein Potato Chips with 21 grams of high-quality protein and only 5 grams of carbs and no artificial ingredients. Just like Quest Bars, you'll feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest High Protein Potato Chip banner ad today and get ready to be satisfied. Thanks to Quest Nutrition, chips just aren't what they used to be. AnabolicMinds.com is the premier website for credible information on building muscle, burning fat, supplementation, and more. With over 100,000 active registered members and over 2.5 million posts, it's one of the largest communities on the Internet to get help and answers to your questions. It's also the place that the official Superhuman Radio Forum is hosted. Visit AnabolicMinds.com today and get into the action. AnabolicMinds.com. Learn. Teach. Lead. Hey, this is Carl. Start your day just like I do with a high-dose lipospheric vitamin C from Live On Labs. You, too, can benefit from Live On Labs lipospheric delivery system. No more pills or powders. That's outdated technology. Live On Labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system, period. Learn a lot more today at LiveOnLabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing. That's liveonlabs.com, L-I-V-O-N, labs.com. This is the Superhuman Channel. Evolution just got kicked up a notch. Welcome back. We're talking about death. No, I'm not kidding. But we're really, uh, if you are a guy... Uh, you definitely don't want to leave your family in a lurch if you happen to uh, cash in. And if you are one of us and you cherish your ability to be fit and strong and adhere to certain health tenets, you can save a bundle of money by going to healthiq.com forward slash SHR for your life insurance because they're the only company out there that rewards us, those of us who work hard to stay healthy. Uh, with deep discounts and better coverage, healthiq.com forward slash SHR. Okay, so getting back to the topic at hand, um, talk about tribalism and how that, that's got to be one of the things that guys return for too. There's got to be, I don't think people could understand what it's like to be in that flow state, be that pack of wolves, the the, uh, empathogenic, connection that has to make between people so yeah i'll I'll leave that one out because just to give it some history and then i'll turn it over to nathan um you know historically you you have to remember and understand that human beings are not the the biggest fastest strongest best looking animal on the planet um as a matter of fact we're pretty damn uh fragile and so we are as a matter of fact a pack animal we require uh, you, you know, we have to work together in all things. I mean, you know, any any older man, for example, who's who's been uh, married versus single, 
understands the, the, the difficulties of not being a, a, a couple, for example, you know, not having a, a, a partner. But then, you know, to, that's on the family side. But, you know, even, even the male and female couple is really, I mean, it's going to be real hard if it's just you, the two of you in the Siberian forest to survive. You need, you know, about 10 of those families. And so historically throughout history, human beings have led hunter-gatherer lives in bands of anywhere from you know, usually about 50 to 250 people in that band. And, you know, up to 500, but after 500, humans do what honeybees do, which is they break off and they go off and they start their own little band. And so if you look at Native American tribes, for example, or even some of the tribes that are in Siberia now, um, you know, you, you may have a one one tribe, you know, let's say, you know, the Lakota tribe, but you'll have many, 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 many bands of, you know, 250 uh, scattered throughout uh, throughout a specific area. Um, and that requires cooperative coexistence. It requires warriors um, to protect the tribe. Um, it, you know, everyone has their role. Everyone has their function. And there's a great article that I need to send you. I'll send it to you after the show. Um, that, that looks at the history of humankind. And, you know, the first time that we tried this urbanization, between the first recorded time that we can find and, and the first actual time that we can prove that humans decided we'd live in larger numbers in an urban center centered around agriculture was 4,000 years. Okay? That's like, that's like saying someone right around the Bronze Age collapsed, had an idea, and today, you, me, and Nathan decide we're finally going to do that thing. Okay? <laughs> That's how antithetical urban life is to human existence. And there's a lot that comes with that. So then when you're in the military, you're getting closer to that tribal existence. And then when you deploy and you fight together, you come down... Uh, into, into a smaller band and then into a, a group of warriors. And then at that point, for men anyway, you are living, you know, the way that you're supposed to live as a human being. And, and, uh, and at this point, I've run on too long. Let me turn it over to Nathan. So, Carl, to tie in flow into the culture and, and team thing, they've actually studied uh, team flow, which is actually called ecstasis. And ecstasis takes the individual flow and amplifies it into the team. So if there's something that I call tactical telepathy, and when you've been with a team for a while and you go out, you know exactly what everybody's doing. Even if you've never done that thing before, you just know without any verbal communication, there's just this weird thing that happens. And everybody knows what's going on at all times. I'll let Nate kind of take it from there. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it definitely happens. I mean, you you tend to split off and and become you know I guess semi autonomous in that in that perspective. I think the the tie in that I want to come come back to on that is that when you have that band of warriors, you know this is something that you're doing. This is something that you're practicing, and um, you know once you've lived that, you can't come back to civilization again because. You've lived the way your DNA says you're supposed okay, so to Okay, so let me ask you a question. So uh, should we, um, 
at some point in time, I know you can't demand this, but it sounds to me like uh, the the military establishment has people come in for short stints, two years, four years, you know, whatever. And I know a lot of those people probably don't see um, actual combat. They're more administrative processes and things like that. But um, it sounds to me like if someone is going to see combat, the military has a responsibility to explain to them and almost start to look at people who look at things from a career. Like, I want to do this for 30 years because once because once you get into that, you, you can't just break it off in four years and go home. Or you do, and you're just not capable of ever feeling satisfied with your life again. Well, there's, there's a lot of issues with roles in society, and I don't mean that necessarily like, you know, I'm a man and I do this, and you're a woman and you cook, and, you know, what, that's, that's not what I'm getting at. There's, there's a great deal of understanding your society that is a, a significant problem and issue, um, and, and that's why I harp on American civics so hard, because... And I'm curious to hear Nathan's point of view because I, I think he'll take uh, he'll he, he might dissect the DOD side of it a little bit more. But for me, I came to this realization that you know this is the United States of America, and the way this is supposed to work constitutionally is the American society provides the federal government provides to Congress the militia um, who who goes and does the fighting, and it's not the federal government's responsibility to do anything other than conduct that war. It's up to us to make sure that the men and women that we send are properly prepared. Now, if we're not going to live under that system, then yeah, that re- there, there is a shared responsibility with you know, where the DOD probably needs to do some of that stuff. And, and you know, I, I guess last thing I'll say on that is we currently have a Secretary of Defense uh, James Mattis, who's very big on, uh, I guess, history and stoicism and all that. But as Secretary of Defense, I mean, the man can't possibly do his job and percolate that through the rest of the system. What What, what are your thoughts overall, Nathan, on all that? So my my last task force commander was a Marine colonel named Colonel Cabinet. Hands down, the best senior leadership I've had my entire career. And his dad was a, I believe, a psychiatrist, a clinical psychiatrist. And so he was kind of grew up in that, that type of environment of, of analyzing things. And what he found with all of his former Marines that had issues is that they had issues because they got out right after deployment. He said all the guys that stayed in at least, you know, a year or two years after the deployment, they rarely had issues. They were able to integrate in society better um, because they came home and they were with the guys that they were over there with. And they were able to slowly integrate back into society versus the guys who, you know, got out almost right away or within a couple months. They were the ones that really had the issues because they lost so much. Not just the neurochemical addiction is gone that they don't get anymore, but now they've lost everybody that they had that flow state with, along with all that tribalism and everything else that's living over there kind of entails. Uh, Their support structure. Right. And so uh, also in Sebastian Younger's, book tribe, he brings up the Israelis, and the Israeli military is found only a 2% PTSD rate, just like the average population from the military. 
And yeah, but you know, why, but you know what? The, I've been to Israel. The Israeli people are strong people. I mean, they, they are culturally, but more importantly, uh, they are of, of strong constitution. And that was that was the point is that because when they come back from a combat zone, which everybody over there serves, they're coming back into a culture of shared experience. Yes, yes, yeah. I get That's it. You know, but but there's but there's another problem. There's another problem here in the United States, okay. And you know, it's it's like if you ever watch those vampire movies, the vampires are self-hating. You know, they hate that they have to suck the blood out of other people in order to stay alive. But the <laughs> hunger get the hunger gets so high that they have no choice and they have to do it. And and we as a population, Americans, the same way we're selecting for weaker. We men men who are, do not display manly qualities. Um, we we have a large and growing number of the population has great disdain for the military and for what it stands for because they internalize other people's pain as their own, and as a result of that, uh, in ancient times the military was revered. The military, the soldiers were were, were looked up to because they were willing to do this task. And the population felt a great debt of gratitude to them because they provided us with safety and, and sovereignty. But today, uh, uh, soldiers are looked at as war dogs and devils and, and uh, you know, all this, this horrible shit. I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to curse on my own show. Uh, all this horrible, I have to, I'll have to bleep that now. I, I'm, all this horrible stuff that, and so, when they come home from war, not only do they not come home to a shared experience, but they come home to people who look at them like they're horrible human beings. And this is a big problem today. We have a whole portion of our population that's self-hating. They hate themselves for eating meat. They hate themselves because the, the, the military is oppressive. They hate, And this portion of the population should be ashamed of themselves because we cannot so, get over it pain is real it happens to everybody and you know what throughout history we have seen that if you don't defend yourself then you become conquered and it, it, you know i'm so tired i'm so sick and bloody tired of all the people out there who feel the need to apologize for america's strength through its military when that is the glue that's holding everything that you love together and if, and if we even just changed our attitude about the guys coming home and the gals coming home, they'd come home to a better environment. They should be looked up to. They shouldn't be looked down at. And that's a big problem for me. You know, I come, I never knew I was patriotic. All six of my father and his brothers were in the military at the same time during World War II. The, 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 there was an article in the New York Daily News, the Fighting Lenores. And, my grandmother was happy that they were there. I never knew that I was a patriot. I wasn't raised. That word was never used. But what was used in my household was respect to those who served. And, and I guess I never realized it until now when I see so many horrible effing Americans out there who don't even deserve the freedom that they're taking advantage of. Because when the guys and gals come home from the military, they treat them like there's something defective. That just angers me. Angers. Yeah, yeah, Carl. You, you know, once, once again, I mean, that's about 
200 things there that, that can and should be individually addressed. Um, I, I'd like to, there's a couple of things I'd like to say to that, and, and then Nathan's got a few, I think. Well, can we can we take a break first so you guys can, and yeah, then as soon yeah, as we come absolutely. back, we'll start with Nate when we come back. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Military Fitness Radio. There are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in CanSee eye drops. I've been using CanSee for six months now, and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is, I've been using CanSee eye drops for 11 years now, and I credit CanSee eye drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. CanSee eye drops improve the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse CanSee eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how CanSee eye drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. The benefits of a ketogenic diet are immeasurable. Health, resist disease, mental function, and even performance. But getting into ketosis can take weeks, if even at all. Now you can get into ketosis in 10 minutes. Ketokana is the first ketone powder that has been clinically shown to switch you into a ketogenic state by providing a rush of ketones into the bloodstream. Like to train fasted or want to spare more muscle glycogen during workouts? Take a shot of Ketokana and hit it hard. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Keto Kena banner ad today. Mitochondrial uncoupling is the holy grail of fat loss. Making mitochondria work harder raises body temperature and metabolic rate without the jitters of stimulants. Now there is an over-the-counter mitochondrial uncoupler that will let you shred your body down to the last pounds of body fat. It's Trojan Horse. This is the supplement breakthrough of the decade. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Trojan Horse banner ad. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your order today. BlackstoneLabs.com. Trojan Horse. What if a sports nutrition company actually let you try all of their best products for free before you ever bought one? You'd be dreaming, right? Well, you're not dreaming. Head over to efxsports.com and grab their new sample kit that includes not one, not two, but six of their top sellers. That's right. Six different samples of their top sellers sent out to you immediately to try. Just cover a small shipping and handling fee, and they're on their way to you. See for yourself why EFX Sports has taken the industry by storm and why so many athletes worldwide depend on their products, dominate their competition safely and legally. Head over to EFXSports.com right now and click the EFX Sample Kit in the online store and get your free kit today. Once again, that's EFXSports.com. When's the last time you look forward to taking your pre-workout? I mean like thinking about it the night before, shaking it up, anticipating the way it tastes. The music starts to thump louder. The weight starts to get lighter. Get ready to feel that way. Bounty Hunter is that pre-workout. Bounty Hunter will make you believe in pre-workouts again. Get free shipping with code SHR on a jug of ridiculously delicious, badass vanilla bourbon Bounty Hunter. Go to wildwestnutrition.com or click the banner ad at superhumanradio.net. If you followed my transformation on Facebook, you've been wondering what I've done to create such dramatic results. One of the things is I've started every day with the Kegenics Prime and then trained fasted and remained fasted till 
my first meal at 2 o'clock. Kigenics Prime gives me all the energy I need while shutting down hunger. And since the ketones are bound to a quad mineral blend, I'm getting all the magnesium, calcium, potassium, and sodium I need to keep my minerals in balance. Try Kigenics Prime yourself. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Kigenics banner ad today and save 25% off your first purchase. Kigenics Prime. I couldn't have done it without it. This is the Superhuman Channel, where we use oxygen for the power of good. Welcome back to Military Fitness Radio. So I cut you guys off after my dissertation about what's wrong with the American population today. So, Nate, you wanted to get started. Yeah, I'd like to just kind of address that by saying that, um, you know, historically speaking, and and Nate and I were talking about during the break, I mean, we've not experienced a great deal of uh, of anti-military sentiment across the country. Um, well, it, you know, I've experienced a little bit of it in Southern California and whatnot, um, but it, it, it's nothing like the 60s, and really what I see more of is, is just either a, a massive amount of confusion and apathy about the whole thing, and I don't want to go down that rabbit hole uh, today, not, not like that, because that's a very, very different conversation um, that gets into civics, politics, and psychology. And, and philosophy, and and so we're we're going to deviate rather radically. The only thing I'd like to say is that you know throughout history, <clears throat> you know if you didn't have an existential threat, there wasn't as much appreciation. And and the other thing, and I think this is hard for a lot of people to understand, is that um, as a veteran, I mean, I mean, I have you know eighteen years and sixteen deployments and. Nathan's coming up on 20 years, and, and uh, I, I don't remember how many deployments, but, you know, we're not looking for respect from society. We're not looking for anything special. I don't, I don't tell anyone. I don't go into a store and say, oh, do you have a military or a veteran discount? Or We're not looking for that, you know, because once, you know, once you've actually gone out there and done it, you understand what your priorities in life really are, uh, and that's not one of them. Um, and, and then on top of that, all those little knuckleheads coming back and doing that, quite frankly, you don't even want to be associated with these knuckleheads. You know, you know we talked about a little bit earlier, um, the number of people that actually serve in combat. Well, you know, only 7% of the Army is combat arms, and less than 10% of, of those that deployed ever saw combat in the last 15 years. And so what you've got is a whole bunch of rear echelon mofos out there that are that are running around like they did something special and they supported the fight, but then they come back and they whine and they complain and they wear their uniform to the mall and demand veteran discounts and I mean that that's antithetical to the warrior mindset, you know. That's that's dirtbaggery as we would say on a team. Right. And we want no part of it, you know. Um, all we really want is I, I guess really just the opportunity to live life to the fullest, I think. What, what do you think, Nate? <laughs> to me, it's, it's kind of like, it's just a job. And yeah. a lot of people make it a lot more out than it should be. Um, it's just one of those things, like, I don't necessarily need anything. Like, the job performance itself is enough job satisfaction. I don't need anything else from anybody else. So it doesn't matter to me. Um, so then you look at, me and they were talking the break, too, is that, you're overseas, and you might be changing history. 
you're doing this high-level, international, strategic, you know, life-changing stuff. Even if you're at the lower levels, you're still doing something that is so much higher. And you come back, this goes back into, now you've got the lack of flow, so you're missing neurochemicals that you wish you had, you know, you've got an addiction to. You're missing your friends. And now you have this going from making history to doing this menial job, just sitting in an office, whatever it is that you do. And it's just, it can't compare to what you've just been doing. Not, not only that, but you're, you're you know, because I had this happen. I mean, I, I floated, I think in a month, I floated a thousand resumes. And I mean, like, I was on the planning boards for some of this stuff. I was the first in on a lot of this stuff. I mean, things that, that I was a part of that have radically shaped history. And then I come back and I'm told that I'm not qualified to do anything in American society. Do I have a degree? No. Do I have this? No. You know, like 7-Eleven, they go, well, you're overqualified. They know I'm going to take that place over and run it. You know, I couldn't get a job at McDonald's. You know, you're either, you're either overqualified or you're underqualified, and you don't fit into the society. And it's like, dude, I can do anything. I just took over the Middle East or whatever. Right. Took that place down, put it back together. There's nothing I can't do. Well, sorry, we're not going to take you at 7-Eleven. You're overqualified. We're not going to take you, you know, at this company over here because you don't have a degree or, you know, whatever. And you're just sitting there, and, and it's like, well, I know that I've got value. I know I can change history. And the only opportunity that anyone's ever given me was the Department of Defense sent me somewhere where I got to go do something that was good, that helped people, that made a difference, shaped history. And, and what the hell are you supposed to do when you come back? And they're like, yeah, we, we don't want you at McDonald's. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, Very and sad. for me, Carl, I think, that's, I think that's the mass majority of what you see me and Nate have talked about this. this. is the mass majority of what you see in "quote unquote" PTSD cases. Is these guys are having issues with the cultural adjustment of going from making history to now just doing a new have no value. Interesting. Where is, yeah, sorry to cut you off, but yeah, yeah. Just, you have no value here. But you're the most. I was judge, jury, and executioner on a minutely basis for years of my life, and then you come back here. And, and and it's all taken away. You know, you're not allowed. And, and the thing is, is that when you're living like that, you're in that tribal sort of environment, you know, you're making your own destiny. You're shaping your own destiny. And then you come back and some jackass is going to tell you anything? I don't think so. You know, that's the struggle. Yeah, uh, no, I get it. Hey, so let's talk so, about the, the, let's talk about this next phase of the discussion because I don't even think I'm not even thinking holistic health and performance. I mean, I'm not even thinking holistic health for this these guys and, and gals. But you are. So, so here's where this kind of this third piece of the triad comes in. So you've got the the dark side of flow causing issues. You've got the loss of tribalism, uh, relevant, all those things coming in, and, and the second piece of the triad. The third piece is something that. Very often, this diagnosis PTSD is traumatic brain injury or any kind of brain injury. Uh, the NFL is now seeing it. If you took an NFL athlete that has had TTE or has been diagnosed with uh, TBI or concussions, put them right next to a veteran, the exact same symptoms. They all have the exact same thing. They get into drugs. They get into alcohol. They get into a lot of these same issues. 
it, it looks exactly the same. So your third component to this a lot of times is the brain injury. So you've got all these, uh, what looks like a legit PTSD case could actually be undiagnosed PTI, uh, TBI or any kind of brain injury. Yeah, and then, and then you know, obviously that, that's the dark side. The, the, the other side of it is that, well, you know, did you go in to this thing holistically healthy and, and with the proper performance? You know, were you properly prepared? Because, for example, all these CrossFit morons, uh, you know, here, here's the problem. That type of training, that highly intensive training crap um, that works primarily the lactate energy system, sets you up for worse uh, or more susceptibility and worse results uh, when it comes to traumatic brain injury from expo- uh, explosions, gunfire, this, that, and the other thing. Um and, and so you're not preparing. So you know, we know now from the research that uh, a high degree of, of very, uh, a huge base of aerobic conditioning is really your best, um, your best inoculation, your best uh, prophylaxis against traumatic brain injury. And then if you get it, you will recover exponentially faster if you had that in the beginning. Uh, and the same goes for having a multi-sport background as, as a kid because, you know, we we got to rewire your brain kind of the way you retune a carburetor. And in doing that, if your brain wasn't very plastic, as they say, uh, didn't have a lot of plasticity, then, you know, you didn't have anything to put back together in the first place. And that becomes a real problem as well. Um, you know, so... That the, the physical, the neurological, the psychological, you know, everything... When it comes to holistic health and performance, if you didn't walk into that setup for success, then boy, when it hits you, you are in for a world of hurt on the other side. And, and so, Carl, there's one thing that I've said over the years is that if you have the flu, it may have the same symptoms as the cold, and if you take a cold treatment, you're not going to fix the flu. And it's the same with traumatic brain injury. If you treat it as PTSD, you will not fix it because it cannot be fixed through chemicals. It has to be a actual retrainment of the brain and actually reproducing neurons and things that actually were damaged. And so that's one of the big, big, big issues with the treatment of PTSD is that it may not be PTSD. It may be TBI, in which case then you're not getting any treatment at all. And they miss, they miss that like 80% of the time, right? According to doctors. Well, so, so, so let's talk about TBI. I've been doing shows about TBI for many years because of my friend Mark Gordon. Uh, Dr. Gordon is actually working with uh, the military in some capacity and treating some soldiers and having great success. And so one of the things that Mark told me probably eight or nine years ago when we first started talking about traumatic brain injury has now come full circle to be proven in science. So Mark said to me, When we talk about traumatic brain injury, he says, we're not necessarily talking about collateral damage to the brain that can be seen on some sort of detection imagery. He said, what we're talking about is some of the control centers of the brain, the pituitary, the hypothalamus, uh, the pineal gland. These glands are very, very sensitive. They can be damaged, and there could be no imagery that shows their damage. And he gave me a for instance. He said... He said, when I first started looking at TBI, he said, I found an interesting study when they introduced those 360-degree x-ray machines that all the dentist offices were using back in the day when they were still using high-output x-ray. 
And in the research he looked at, there was a high occurrence of people who, after they were uh, received a, a one X-ray on one of those high output X-ray 360 degree machines that goes around your whole head to take a picture of your whole jaw, many of them developed symptoms that, while blood work didn't show it, uh, he could see that these were problems from their pituitary gland. They were they, 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 these were hormonal imbalances that were occurring. And he said to me then, he says, you don't need blunt force trauma to cause a TBI. Now, just last month, a study was published that stated, frankly, you do not have to have a concussion incident to have a TBI. So now we're talking about getting banged in the head and you don't get a concussion and you don't go to the hospital and you go on with your life the next day and everything. And you just suffered a TBI that is slowly going to get worse and worse and worse. And so this whole uh, discussion of TBI is very interesting because what I predict is going to happen 50 years from now is we're going to understand how delicate the brain is, how things are in, in our environment aside from just blunt force trauma affect the areas of the brain responsible for running entire glandular systems. And we're going to have a better understanding about what could uh, cause TBI. Uh, And it's not, and you don't always have to get your bell rung. Yeah. I mean, the the, the T in TBI is traumatic, you know? And and so, I mean, what what we're seeing is that, that uh, there's lots of things that can get to the brain. and, and, And the more that we learn, the better. Obviously, I mean, you know, it, 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 and that's an important distinction. You know, when you're trying to make a diagnosis, you know, there's all kinds of brain injuries you can have. They don't all need to be traumatic. Um, and, and so, I mean, I think medically it's important to make that distinction. Um, but, I mean, good grief. I mean, elevated, you know, chronic levels of stress um, and, and, and other forms of trauma in your life. You know, for example you know, sexual abuse or something like that. I mean, what that does hormonally to the neuro, uh, to also to the neurotransmitters and, and, and the endocrine, you know, endocrine is hormonal, but, you know, what it does to all of that, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can start seeing a lot of similarities and crossover um, in, in things. Um, doesn't mean that it's traumatic. And, and, and that's, I guess, where another interesting component of this comes in where, uh, you know, when you've got folks that, come in, you know, that are recruited out of the trailer parks of Alabama or something like that. I mean, I don't mean to offend anyone, but, but sometimes stereotypes are true. Um, and, and it obviously can happen to anyone, but when, you, when you've grown up incredibly dysfunctionally um, and suffered a lot of, of uh, physical abuse or sexual abuse or verbal and psychological abuse, um, you know, where do you draw the line? Well, I, I submit to you that who cares where we draw the line? What's wrong? What's the problem? And then let's fix it. Let's address it. Um, and, and we're just, we're seeing a great deal of that. So now, um, to that end, by the way, now you take someone like that who comes into the military and then they do take a concussive event. Now, what have you got? Well, that's quite a problem, isn't it? Yeah, it and is. Now you've just stacked it. You've um, stacked your brain injuries. Well, and, and interestingly, in your notes, you PTSD uh, can also be seen as hypervigilance. Well, that's what it is. It is hypervigilance. 
Um, you know, so hypervigilance isn't necessarily a bad thing unless you're hypervigilant about everything in your life and then you're kind of just locked up, right? Right. Did, did you want to mention the baseline thing where uh, if, if 40% has it? And... Oh, yeah. So a couple of years ago, I don't remember who put up the stat, but somebody was saying, you know, 40% of returning veterans from OIR, or uh, I, I take it back, uh, Iraqi Freedom, were, you know, had PTSD. Well, then you look at PTSD as post-traumatic stress disorder. So if it's a disorder, it can't be that high a percentage. It has to be a very small percentage because if it's 40%, it is now a new normal. It's just average. So it's that's one of the other things with PTSD is that it's been it's been claimed as to be a uh, the, the definition, the clinical term makes it roughly 2 to 3% of the population. But then they come up with these numbers like 40%. Well, if that's the case, then it's no longer a disorder; it's just normal. Well, but the the other thing, the other thing about this this, as I listen to you talk about it, right? So we we've established that when guys are in that environment, there there's actually uh, chemicals that are produced in the brain that become uh, desirable. They feel good. They feel useful. They feel like part of the pack with the tribalism, uh, the flow state, PTSD could actually be okay so there are people in life that drama seems to find them and when you really look at their lives you realize they create a lot of their own drama which makes you think to yourself they must feel at ease or familiar in that environment where there's chaos and drama happening all the time in fact we've heard about pow's who can't sleep in beds for years because they've been so used to sleeping you know on the floor you you know there's an old saying here in the south you could get used to hanging if you hang long enough. And all of these scenarios uh, are when you put a person in a situation that produces a behavior and a hormonal fingerprint, and they become accustomed and familiar with that. And then you take them out of that environment, you drop them anyplace else, they will find a way to manifest that hormonal fingerprint. And in the case of the PTSD guy or gal, it could simply be that their brains are so used to being in that hypervigilant state, they feel normal in that state. They come home, they're devoid of that state, and so what they do is their brain goes, I don't like the way we feel. I'm going to ramp these chemicals up. Oh, now I feel good again. Yeah, there's, there's, um, that, that's a good way to look at... Um, the, the, the positive and negative or the light and the dark side of things. One of the things I really like uh, that uh, Tony Robbins does is he, he talks about the six human needs. But what I did was, um, he references it, but I, I drew a, a, a horizontal line, and on that line I wrote those six needs out. And then above that, of course, is, is the positive, and below it is the negative, or the light and the dark. And so, for example, if you have a child, um, you know, obviously a child needs, for example, you know, they need love and connection. You know, those are two of the needs. Um, now, that child will get love and connection one way or another. Now, they can either get it in a positive manner because, you know, maybe they have a, a positive relationship with their parents. 
Um, they receive a lot of love, you know, uh, you know, physical love, uh, hugs, kisses, uh, verbal love, praise, um, a connection. They do everything with their parents, you know, so they feel connected. Um, now, if they don't, well, how is that kid going to get that love attention? Well, they're going to cry and scream, knock over lamps, this, that, the other thing. How are they going to get that connection? Same way, they're going to act out negatively and attract negative attention which to them fills the need for love and connection, for example, but it's not in a positive way. And then, of course, now take that person, have them enlist in the Army and go overseas, do whatever, or even just enlist in the Army. If you think that that person is going to act differently, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to act out negatively because that's all they know how to do to get that attention unless they go through some kind of you know, personal transformation doesn't really matter, you know, who leads that, whether it's a psychotherapist or someone else, um, but they have to change that filter that, that drives that behavior. Uh, and that's a very important thing, and that's, that's where we jump over in this, into uh, applied psychology um, versus, versus the rest of it. But it's, it's a very important thing. Um, and, and so I guess what I'm saying there is that it's not so much that... Um, well, it, it, okay, so that, that segues actually perfectly into, uh, or I guess back into the studies that the KGB and other Western entities have done that says it's what you bring into the situation. It's not, you know, okay, so if we, if we go through a, a horrific incident, you know, let's say while well, we're deployed or, or, or whatever else, um, what, what you bring to the table is going to determine the post-effects of that. So... If you continue, if you're acting out negatively, well, let's look at what you did before this incident. Well, you know, were you a well put together person, and did you did you act out um, positively before because everything was holistically healthy, uh, or were you holistically uh, a basket case? In which case, the only thing you know to do is act out negatively, and it's just a vicious downward cycle. And you don't have the tools, the psychological tools to turn that around and, and make it an upward spiral, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. It does. Go ahead. I'm go s- ahead, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I stepped on you. Did you want to say something? Uh, I was going to ask. I was going to see if Nathan had anything, but uh, he's shaking his head now. Um, what I want to do is I want to take a last commercial break, and when we come back, I want to read this summary in your notes okay. about the truth about combat. Um, life is brutal, dangerous, hard, and often savage. I want to talk about this and the human condition. You're listening to Military Fitness Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Seventy-four percent of Americans are living with digestive issues. They take pills and potions to mask the symptoms but never address the root cause. Introducing GI Ultramax Pro, a complex of scientifically substantiated all-star ingredients that reestablish your gut's operating system, allowing you to be better shielded against the bad actors in your food and environment. The gut is complicated, and it takes GI Ultramax Pro to deliver real, long-lasting results. Go to superhumanradio.net and click the GI Ultramax 
Ultramax Pro banner ad or visit MotherEarthLabs.com and use code SHR for free shipping. What if a sports nutrition company actually let you try all of their best products for free before you ever bought one? You'd be dreaming, right? Well, you're not dreaming. Head over to efxsports.com and grab their new sample kit that includes not one, not two, but six of their top sellers. That's right. Six different samples of their top sellers sent out to you immediately to try. Just cover a small shipping and handling fee, and they're on their way to you. See for yourself why EFX Sports has taken the industry by storm and why so many athletes worldwide depend on their products, dominate their competition safely and legally. Head over to EFXSports.com right now and click the EFX Sample Kit in the online store and get your free kit today. Once again, that's EFXSports.com. Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at Redcon 1. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-workout supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new transformation challenge and win $10,000. Or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you are serious about your training. Need a testosterone booster that works? Check out Boomstick. Whatever you need, you'll find the best quality supplements on the market at Redcon 1. Go to Redcon1.com. R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one dot com, or go to superhumanradio.net and click the Redcon 1 banner ad today. Hey, this is Carl. Start your day just like I do with a high-dose lipospheric vitamin C from Live On Labs. You, too, can benefit from Live On Labs' lipospheric delivery system. No more pills or powders. That's outdated technology. Live On Labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system, period. Learn a lot more today at liveonlabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing. That's liveonlabs.com, L-I-V-O-N, labs.com. Ever feel like you want something crunchy? From the company that gave us the Quest Protein Bar, now comes the Quest High Protein Potato Chips. With 21 grams of high-quality protein and only 5 grams of carbs and no artificial ingredients. Just like Quest Bars, you'll feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest High Protein Potato Chip banner ad today and get ready to be satisfied. Thanks to Quest Nutrition, chips just aren't what they used to be. If you suffer from abdominal bloating, relief is here. Introducing Atrontil. Developed by a board-certified gastroenterologist, it relieves bloating where it starts, in the small bowel. That's why works while other remedies don't. In clinical trials, 88% of bloating sufferers who use prescription medications with no relief found relieve their symptoms, and it's available without a prescription because is made from a patented molecular combination of botanical extracts. It's not a probiotic. Plus, it's natural, vegan, gluten-free, and non-GMO. Atrontil. Even the name is proven to make you feel better. Go to lovemytummy.com and use code SHR for 10% off. That's code SHR at lovemytummy.com. Lovemytummy.com. Spit that out right now. This is the Superhuman Channel. Welcome back to Military Fitness Radio. Hey, guys, why don't you uh, plug your websites real quick before we get into this next discussion? Yeah, Nathan's over at, go ahead, NathanCrank.com, C-R-A-G-G. And uh, you can get me over at uh, MilitaryMultisport.com or AmericanDefense.us. Okay. 
right, so I, I want to read this first, and then, then we'll, we'll talk about it. The truth is combat and life-threatening adversity brings humans together the way they were intended to be. I think that most people don't think about that. Life is brutal, dangerous, hard, and often savage. Humans are designed to be pack animals who band together. Wolf packs are happy packs. Happiness equals competence. Parenthetically, circumstances don't matter. Parenthetically, ruled by serotonin. So um, these are facts I agree with, as I said before, about the, de- the genetic connection to uh, that type of behavior which has made us survive millions of years. Uh, We possess it. We hate the fact that we possess it. I think a lot of humans hate the fact that they possess these qualities. Uh, We would like to ignore them and think we're much more civilized and cerebral and all that sort of stuff, but look where that's getting society. Um, So talk about this. I mean, this is the the band of brothers that we always hear about when guys go in – to this shit and and work side by side to save each other's lives and do good, right? Yeah, it's you know this goes into uh, a lot of, of the original philosophy. Um, and it's interesting philosophy is a term that's been really uh, very badly bastardized and, and ripped apart. But you know, philosophy was the original precursor of religion. It was the it, it, you know it is the basis of all science. It's the, it's this the uh, the search for truth, and you know what this is talking to is the, is the fact of life on Earth. You know, it, it's you can't deny it, you can't disprove it. I mean, life is what it is, and um, all of this denial and self hatred and self loathing and, and whatnot is you know truly, a, a, I think, a, a, a true mental disease. It's a disorder. It's a um, you know, it's a dysfunction in in thought because it's not rational and it's not connected to truth and reality in any way. Um, we are disconnected from the realities of life because of our position technologically. The minute that, you know, China or North Korea detonates the EMP over a major city or something, we will instantly revert back to this. Now, a lot of people will die, but... You know, in, in reality, as Sebastian Younger points out, every time there is a major disaster where humanity is thrust back into the Stone Age, we just, we simply revert back. And you know what? We thrive under those conditions because, you know, everything, I mean, we're the only species that doesn't have to deal with the brutality, the danger, the, the natural selection, the, the, the interspecies uh, warfare, so to speak, um, you know, you don't have to deal with bears. Those just aren't really a problem anymore. Neither are wolves, you know. Why? Because of technology. The minute that you have to face that on a daily and minutely basis, everything changes for you. And that's why on earth should that be a negative thing? It should be a thing that's celebrated. It's, it should be something that we uh, stay in touch with and stay in tune with. It's very, very important. And it turns out that it's critical if you're going to walk through fire and come out on the other end unscathed, you've got to live this way. You've got to understand this, but it requires going someplace uh, philosophically and, and then living it and understanding it. Um, and this is something that the martial arts used to do uh, hundreds of years ago. It's what they were so brilliant at doing, and it's what we're trying to bring back is those ancient warrior traditions 
that puts you in touch with this stuff. I don't know, what do you got, Nathan? So coming from the, the science side, if you look at the, the neurotransmitters of flow, is that the, the closer to a life-and-death fight, the, the higher the probability that you're going to get into a flow state, which means you're going to have a neurochemical release, which means you're going to have uh, a dependency upon that kind of thing. Now, the flip side is that in modern life, we have a lot of cortisol coming out, but we don't necessarily get into flow state. And so that's where a lot of issues come from because it's not an actual life or death. It's just a, uh, I don't know, I guess, almost like it, it is fraction. It stimulates something, but it doesn't stimulate the full flow state, which is going to have the, the positive neurochemicals come through and, and something that drives survival because that's what they're there for. That's what flow state is really for is to keep you alive. I mean, that's, that's what it was for. Well, and then and as you go through, you know, if you look at, like, you know, Buddhist monks that are enlightened and whatnot, I mean, they're tapping into this type of thing. And, and the thing is, is that, um, as you pointed out, is um, that the more you do it, the better you get at it, and the, and the more you're able to do it. So you can, you can start to automate so many functions in life and things that you do in life so that you can focus on other things and other threats and other things that matter, and so your life just gets better in general. Yeah. So... You know, um, have you ever seen the movie Tom Horn with Steve McQueen? I haven't. No, I don't think so. Yeah, you guys have to watch it. You probably can't <laughs> find it anymore. I, you know, I, I because I'm I'm listening to the things that you're saying, and and I am embracing what you're saying, and I'm thinking this is really part of the human condition, and this is part of the human experience. But we have a large percent of the population who want to forget that part of us. Um, it's very very unfortunate. It is. Uh, Tom Horn was an Indian scout um, back in the uh, 1860s. Uh, no, actually, probably more like the 1880s, 1890s. And uh, he was also a hired gun, but he was usually on the right side of law uh, when he was hired. And um, at the end of like all of the uh, Indian fights, and they had the reservations were being packed up. There were still some rogue Indians that wouldn't settle in, and um, they hired Tom Horn. And I actually think it was Bat Masterson who was involved in this decision to hire Tom Horn to rid them of the last of the Native Americans that weren't cooperating. And after he did that, civilization had no threats any longer. None. The new civilized man with his top hat and his cane and uh, his sophisticated ways that he was bringing over from France and England of what they thought civilized people should do. Uh, they had, there were no more threats. The only threat yeah. left was Tom Horn. They realized that, oh my God, like this guy is, this guy could be king if he wanted to because he's willing to do things that none of us are willing to do. And so they set him up and they framed him for the murder of a 14 year old child and they hung him. Yeah. And, and the reason I tell this story is because there has been a divide in our population since biblical times of those who understand what must be done that is part of the human condition and those who don't want to admit it. They want to act like it doesn't exist and they want to uh, just ignore it and as a result become self-hating human beings. Uh, and, we, and, and this is still going on today. I mean, I'm listening to You know what? Um, if if I if the electricity went out and I had to go live in the woods, I could. I haven't had to, and it would be painful getting started. But I've done it before. I know what it is. You know what I mean? I know I know I know what it is to be out there. 
uh, in the elements. Uh, when I was hunting, uh, when I was hunting black bear in the Adirondack Mountains and sleeping in a tent in, you know, 14 degrees below zero, I mean, I, I know what that feels like. I, and I, I know I could survive that and I know I can hunt and I know I can, I could eat. Um, and I, there are some things that I'd have to learn to live without that would become very uh, tough for me. Uh, but I would learn to live without them. But I think the majority of the population would just die. They would just well, die. A, a, a great deal would, but as Sebastian Younger points out, you know, you, I mean, there, there will always be a great deal of death, but the, you'd be surprised at, at how resourceful humans are once placed into that position where they can come back and, um, and, and, and make a, a real good go of it. Um, that, that's been historically proven throughout time. Uh, which is nice. I mean, gives you a little hope for humanity. But um, you know that that great divide that you mentioned there really comes from when we when we decided we were going to live in an urban center, um, and and so you get a certain percentage of the population that gets lazy, and they say, well, I I don't want to do this work. Um, I want to use legislative fiat to you know take from other people, and and you know I'll just you know, get my welfare, and I'm not going to get a job, and I'm not going to do this and that. That's part of what, you know, and those are the those are the people that, you know, the only way to turn them around is to put them into a survival situation. Right. Um, you know, it's the only way, because otherwise they're just so stuck on, well, I'm, I'm, and, and actually it's kind of funny, even then, um, you, you even in the tribal situations, you'll get these people, and what they used to do is cast them out of the tribe because if you're not going to do the work, if you're not going to contribute, if you're not going to be cooperative, then no one wants you around. So you're <laughs> out. You're done. Yeah. So that's, a, that's a wake up call. <laughs> that's a wake up call. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how it was handled back in the day, and, and um, I, I don't see anything wrong with that, quite frankly. No, but you'll never get it because, uh, well, that's we'd have to talk about right. the theology <laughs> and everything else. But the good news is those of us who know and understand this and those of us who are capable of, of, of fending for ourselves, we will always come out better no matter what. So that's, that's yeah. the important thing. Um, guys, I want to wrap it up. Uh, any last-minute takeaways that you want the audience to receive from what we discussed today? We can start with Nathan Craig. How about that? Yeah, I just, you know, just kind of wrap it up in the, in the triad. You know, we've kind of exposed what, what the dark side dark side may look like so now you know and you can now start to work on making sure that you're working towards the light side of each of those things of flow tribalism and culture uh the holistic health and preventive medicine and all that kind of stuff so that's to me that's a big the big thing is, is make sure you're you're working on that triad and when something does happen now you have a better idea instead of like well i have no clue maybe it's ptsd or maybe it's just you're lacking the neurochemicals because you're no longer in that environment. Or maybe you're just no longer with your friends. Or maybe you have some kind of brain injury. So now you know and you have a plan that you can actually start to execute. Yeah, and the, and the thing that I'll add to that is um, you, you need to look at this triad. I guess we'll, we'll have to come up with some kind of product here in the near future that, that illustrates this. Maybe something as simple as a PDF, but... Uh, you, you really need to look at what you're what you're training for, and and you've got to, it's got to be a little bit more intelligent. And the thing that Nathan and I are trying to do, along with a couple other folks out there, is is we're trying to bring back those those ancient warrior traditions, I guess, and, and bodies of knowledge to teach people what it really is. Because this whole idea of 
you know, oh, I'm going to be in the military, I'm going to be this super cool guy like John Cena in the Marine and this and that. I'm going to be a Navy SEAL. Like, well, dude, you just selected yourself out, number one. <laughs> you have no idea what this is all about. Your entire outlook is dysfunctional. Um, you know, you're, you're a danger to yourself and everyone else. Um, you know, we, we need to bring back the profession of arms and what it means to be a true warrior, especially an American warrior, because we're supposed to live by a different code, by a different philosophy. Um, and, and, you know, this is all the stuff that they talked about. You know, you can read through a hundred different old samurai manuals that because you don't understand the core fundamentals of this, it's all gibberish to you. It was to me for 20 years. And then once I figured out the core knowledge that underlies it, it all, it's, it's very clear. It's like it's written in clear English. Otherwise, it's just, you know, what the hell are they talking about? The harmony of the flower and the frog and whatever else. It's all allegory. You know, so you've got to be able to cut through it, and that's what we're trying to do. Um, so I guess, you know, if, if we've been able to raise awareness here and keep people's interest, that's what we really wanted to do today, and we'd like to do a few more shows on related subjects or drill down on any one of these in particular and just keep the conversation going because... When, 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 will, when will we see the force production training <laughs> ebook? I have people asking me all, about, all the time about it. You know, until I can get through this semester of college, uh, which will end in a couple of weeks, I, I'm just, I don't have enough time to sleep, let alone uh, crank that kind of thing out. So I would okay. say give me another two to three weeks and, okay. and I'll push it out there. It doesn't, it doesn't look, don't make it more than it has to be. I, I see six pages. That's all I see. I mean, this is, you know, um, this method of training is simple. Uh, its simplicity is part of its core value and yeah. it's effective and it's fast. And I don't think it, you, I, I really don't. I, in fact, what I may just do is transcribe the show segment that we talked about it and, yeah. and send that to you as a word document. So you could maybe add a page or two to it and that's it. Sure. If you, yeah. If you've got that kind of time, it's, <laughs> I, I'm just here lately. I've been just slammed. Well, maybe what we need here, maybe what we need to do is just do a show where all we talk about is step by step the force production method of training, and I'll have that transcribed. What about that? Yeah, we could do that absolutely. But the next show we talked about already off the air. That's what I really want to cover that um, right. with with your guys' expertise. So one website to remember is Nathan Craig C R A G G dot com. Uh, the other one is Military Multisport dot com. That's how you can reach these guys. If you want more information, reach out to them, say hello, let them know that you listen to the show. That alone is important. And uh, we have uh, a show that we talked about earlier today that I think will be next week's show, and it'll be really popular. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one thing, Carl, too, is uh, you know one of the things that we, we haven't been getting a lot of is uh, feedback and questions. So uh, for the love of God, um, you know, let us know if we're on track. You know, is, is this show delivering value to you? Uh, because we need to know, and and your questions will help us to uh, uh, to to drive the show in the direction that's going to be the maximum value to you. Um, you know, because we we find that to be very very important. So please 
White Carl up. I think it's on air at superhumanradio.net. Yeah, on air so at superhumanradio.net. On air at superhumanradio.net. Send an email about Military Fitness Radio. We want your feedback. Great. All right, guys. So we'll talk next week. Uh, okay, take care. And that's it for today. Uh, we will see you with more Super Human Radio tomorrow. Clearly, clearly.